This is the Opco Paranormal Podcast, and I'm your host, Donnie. Uh, Seth is not available today, and he wasn't able to make it in, but I hope he has a wonderful night off. Uh, tonight, I'm here with Corey Badhorse, Leanne Avalon, and I think Randy Edwards is going to pop in. We're going to talk about Bigfoot and other native uh, folklore. We're also going to talk about... Uh, I have a guest who's supposed to be talking about a pterosaur that they had spotted uh, in Missouri, and a pterosaur is like a pterodactyl. Think about it like that. Um, and also, you know, Randy Edwards is here to talk about the two haunted homes that she's lived in. But um, let's just get down into it. We'll get into the conversation, Corey. Um, so you had you had spoke to me a little bit about uh, Bigfoot. Uh, not really gone on to it too much, but I know that we had spoken a little bit about uh, Bigfoot and Bigfoot's. Uh, a lot of speculation around that creature. Um, yeah, I mean, so so like I'm I'm Lakota, and uh, we have a lot of stories, even from way back about Bigfoot, and, you know what they are and where they come from and whatnot. And uh, yeah, man, a lot of the a lot of the older stories are there's always two of them. There's a male and a female, um, and there's spirits that come along to protect the forest. It kind of they kind of help to keep uh, people from taking too much or you know, abusing it in any such way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and I, I I mean, I have seen really weird stuff even here in my lifetime that I, I could completely attribute to them. Uh, but I heard a lot of stories about back home on the res, you know, like people would go out in the woods and just be cutting things and wasting, being crazy, killing animals and leaving them, you know. Yeah. And so Bigfoot would show up, and when it shows up, that means you're obviously doing wrong. If you see one, you're not doing good, and you should just uh, vacate the premises. So Bigfoot um, in this situation is kind of like the police for the woods. If somebody's doing something they shouldn't be, Bigfoot shows up and he kind of puts them in their place. Yeah, definitely, because it's, it's, he's, he's like the police of the police, because ultimately it's our job to take care of things because we have that ability. Um, and so when we're doing wrong, we have to have somebody tell us when we're doing wrong. So that's where the little people and Bigfoot and all these other things, you know. Mm. Um, wait, wait, little people? Yeah, yeah. So, so natives have this uh, have a have have stories about what's called little people. It's basically like if you were to think of fairies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, just us and smaller. Um, and you won't hardly ever see them. But if you do, then uh, you just kind of back away and. You don't want to mess with that. You know what I mean? Like that's trouble. Yeah. And I, you know they can be helpful. They can be helpful. You know, but you don't you don't really want to anything like that. You don't want to mess with because they have way they could be good or bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just depend on how they're feeling that day. Yeah. Um, and and I would like to say first off, all these things are how I understand it. Um, I hate talking for other people or you know because people hear things and understand things in a different way. Um, so I just want to put it out there. This is how I understand it as it was told. Um, but yeah. Little people are the same thing. They uh, they kind of protect things. You just you just you really don't want to mess with them too much. They can be pretty harmful. Yeah. So so um, what is, what is Bigfoot like in the uh, Lakota tradition? Uh, so I mean, he's big. Um, so most of the most of the Lakota back in the day, the advertised was about seven foot, um, and they said they even stood above that height. So. It was said back in the day, a tall man could look up at him and, you know, have to look up to see him, um, to look him in the eyes. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah. Uh, so, and then, so he would just, you know, like I said, he would show up whenever you were doing things wrong or you were going into a place you really shouldn't have been. And that's basically when you know to leave. And if you don't leave or you don't follow his warnings, um, he'll start off by doing like the regular stuff like you hear all the time. He'll start banging on trees, throwing rocks doing things just to try to get your attention to scare you away. Um, and if that still doesn't work, if you're still being stupid and doing whatever you're not supposed to be doing, he'll show up at your house. And I've heard some pretty gnarly stories about what he does when he shows up at your house. Um, you'll see eyes looking in at night, banging on your walls. Um, heard of him, dogs trying to attack him and him killing the dogs and leaving them on your porch and stuff or throw them at your house. Wow. Which is a really sad thing because, you know, it's not the dog's fault. dog's just doing his job. Yeah, and the but, Bigfoot seems like he's just doing his job too. Right, 
right? You know, he's he's really trying to tell you, like, look. And then, of course, the last, obviously, the last option for him is you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, these descriptions of, of Bigfoot, are they um, are, are they consistent with, you know, our modern thoughts of Bigfoot? You know, like, seven foot tall, covered in much. hair, um, you know, lumbers around the, the woods, you know, that kind of thing? Pretty much. I mean, a, a lot of my language doesn't really transfer over into English very well, but um, the closer you come to is like wild man or tall man. So, yeah, he does, you know, walk up on two legs like us. You know, he is very hairy. He, you know, he looks like somebody who's been out there for a long time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So he's so, he's just so, grizzly looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He and like I said, when you see him, you know that there's something going on and you should not be there. Now, that's not to say that all experiences have been bad because, once again, he's not an evil character. He just, you know, most of the time, you're doing something you're not supposed to. Yeah. So, so do you have any stories about you know maybe specific events where where the uh, the wild man has shown up in in these scenarios um, or? Yeah, actually, um, here in Missouri, happened to me personally. Uh, I was go I was wandering around with this guy, and he's like, "Man, I really got something to show you. I want you to look at it." And so I went down there, and it was on a farm up here by Buffalo, and. Uh, I was talking to these people like, yeah, we're hearing these really weird things. You know, we call the cops. We think it's Bigfoot, blah, blah, blah. We just want you to kind of look around and have a look, which, you know, why are you asking me? I don't know. But um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, I'll, let's go out there and look. Let's go out and see. You know, I'm a pretty big guy. What's he going to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I went out there, and uh, immediately, as soon as we got out there, you start hearing the knocking on the trees. Uh, big boulders, man, rolling down this hillside. I was like, "Whoa, guys! What what are you doing here? You know, why are we why are we out here if this is happening?" Yeah, this. They say, "Well, we got to run our cows out here. You know, we have to do what we got to do." I was like, "All right, well, let's have a look around. Maybe there's something going on." And I started walking up the creek a little bit, and somebody had been out there trapping and had uh, trapped some otters and left them there, so their bodies were getting rotten, eaten by fish and stuff. And I was like, "Well, there's your problem. You know, you got people out here just killing and leaving, and that's it." And uh. As far as I heard, you know, they got it out there, they got the trapper, and everything went back to normal after that. But, you know, that was, like I said, the first warning. Like, obviously, there's something wrong. Somebody's doing something wrong, and they don't want you out here. So so you heard boulders rolling down the hills. You heard knocking on the, the boulders, trees. Like, you saw the boulders. Wow. I didn't see them, but I saw the boulders. And I would like to say that's something that, obviously, if I, it wasn't meant for me because I didn't see them, but I did see the boulders. It was meant for whoever... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I, if you see him, that's obviously meant for you, not me. Yeah. But if uh, – so they were they were basically trying to send a message to whoever had trapped those otters and just had left them there, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying to tell him, you know, you, you're doing wrong. You need to really reexamine your life. And so uh, you said this is a, was, around Buffalo. Like, which, which – so that's just north of Springfield uh, past Fairgrove, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, um, so they were living out in the woods near a river, I assume. Yeah, it was more like a little creek um, that came off, came came down. Um, it wasn't really overly big, but it was big enough to support life. You know what I'm saying? It, it ran all year long. That's how these people usually watered their cows. But even the cows wouldn't go to certain spots anymore. They just wouldn't. They couldn't get them to go that way. You know what I mean? To change pastures and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. So it was a pretty crazy time, man. Like, I mean, it's it, to to be there as a man who believes in this thing. To be there was an insane experience in and of itself. Like, I didn't feel necessarily scared, but you could definitely feel feel the hair come up on your arms and back, just being like, okay. So you're clearly um, familiar with with the outdoors, with outdoor animals, with the, the the nature sounds that you usually hear around places like this. But this was nothing like that. This was definitely something a little bit different. Um, and yeah. so how would you describe it as compared to just the normal sounds of cats in the area or something like that? Well, yeah, I've spent a lot of time outdoors. Like uh, here lately, I've been doing a lot of primitive skills classes. You know, uh, I've been taking classes on how to make rope and teaches, te teaching classes on how to make drums and stuff, you know, a lot of native stuff. Um, so I do spend a lot of time outdoors just looking for those. Um, and usually, you know, if you hear a rock fall, it won't be very often. It's just a few gravel skittering, right? 
Yeah. It'll be just like some leaves moving around, squirrels, whatnot. No, this was not that. This was a <laughs> like if you were to think of a car tire. Yeah. It was a boulder about that about that tall and just as big around that went rolling down a hill where it shouldn't have. Like, it's a very obvious sign, you know. And it would sound like somebody's knocking on a door whenever they take those and hit those trees. You know what I'm saying? It echoes throughout the woods. It's not something you hear very often. You, a woodpecker goes fast. It sounds more like a, like a machine gun or something. Yeah. No, this was just a one, two, three. One, two, three, four. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he was, he was deliberately knocking on the trees to make sure that you knew that he was there, like something was there, probably trying to like scare you off in ways that the, uh, the Bigfoot or the, uh, the wild man would scare away other animals or something like that. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, he, he wanted to make sure there was no, there was no mistaking it. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's exactly what they would want, too. If they're trying to give you a sound, they don't want you to think it's anything else. Just that's what it is. So were you able to uh, – I, I know a lot of the times with, with Bigfoot, they, they notice a lot of smells, like the smell of skunk or, or something like that. Is that something that you had experienced? Did you see any – did you notice any strange smells or, or anything like that in the not area? Not me, but – not me, but like I said, they had a lot of cows around there. So it might have even mixed in with, you know, obviously cow manure. Um, but I, I, I wasn't obviously close enough to smell it myself. Um, I wish I would have been just so I could tell you, you know, on, on one hand, I wish I would have been just to tell you, this is what I know a little more of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love to get a little more closer encounter on one hand. On the other hand, I really, really don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. On one hand, this, guy, this is a, a, a creature that is mad because somebody has been trapping animals and not using them. And it's probably mourning in some way, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I would imagine because, you know, if you think about it back in the day, once again in our culture, you know, you're supposed to respect every living thing. Like you're, whether you, you know, can understand it or not, you have to have to respect because everything plays its part in this world. Um, and us as men are supposed to have respect enough for that to, to at least be thankful for what that thing is giving you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so if that otter is giving its life to help you, then you should be really thankful that and, and them leaving it there in the creek like that is not is not respectful at all. So I mean, you have to understand a lot of the woods would feel that 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 missing part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because otter plays this with the fish, and does this with the banks, or you know whatever its, its normal habits are. Well, that affects the deer, the water, everything. So one little niche in the system throws the whole thing out of whack. Yeah, so in the in this case, it seems like the the Bigfoot is almost like a uh, a mediator trying to to main, maintain some kind of a, uh, a stasis in the wild and the woods. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he's the police of the police. Like it's our job to try to help, and then if we're doing wrong, who tells us we're doing wrong? You know what I mean? Yeah, we're we pretty to. much the apex here. We're not above anything, but we have the ability, so it's our job to do so. You know, and if we're doing wrong, it's his job to be like, okay, guys, you're really messing up here. Maybe you should handle this. Yeah. And if we're not paying attention, slowly escalate. And how far do these stories go back? I mean, I imagine this isn't something that's oh, new. Oh, man. I, I've listened to a lot of old people tell a lot of old stories. and As far back as I've been able to tell, like, you know, well, this is what my grandpa told him and his grandpa told him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's gone back a long way. Definitely back before, definitely back before colonization, back before all that. I mean, back before even really, I, I would like to say that they, they say it goes back to when natives first come up from uh, the Black Hills, um, which is our kind of beginning lore, you know, at least in my tribe. Yeah. So Bigfoot's There's basically basically been around for for pretty much ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because he's part of the spirit world. I mean, he, you know, how you those those kind of things just are. You know, we don't know the beginning. That's like mm -hmm. whenever we talk about you know the creator or God as you know it. You know the the original ter the original term for it was Wonkontonka, which means the great mystery. Like, how are we supposed to know? We just know it's there. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, it, he goes way back. And like I said, there's a, there's always two of them. You know what I mean? There's a male and a female. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to be honest with you, I wouldn't know which one would show up at a time. I mean, I've never heard stories on how you're supposed to know. I just know this is what they've told. There's always two. There's a male and a female. I would imagine it's just like back in the day, man and woman would walk beside each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man would watch the front. Women would watch the back to to keep enemies away. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that would be their job as well, I would assume. So that way, if you did happen to get too close to the male, the female would be there to draw you another way if you had to be drawn another way. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So going back to uh, what you had mentioned a few mi- a few moments ago, uh, that Bigfoot is part of the spirit world. Um, for the listeners who don't exactly know what that might mean, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Okay, so my understanding of it is, is look, there's there's all kinds of different planes, if, if if you would think about it that way. There's our world here, which is the corporate world. We're all here. You know what I mean? This is one level of it. There's another level, which is below, beside, above. Um, and sometimes you just you can't always see it, but it's there. You feel me? It's like if you were to have a shadow of something, that's the other side of the world. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then so sometimes those things have to come to this side, or we may even ask them for help, which is what we, you know, when we pray to spirits and stuff, it's that side we're asking for help. They're on that other side, so they come to help you and vice versa for some people. You know what I'm saying? Some spirits need help, same thing. So you would go to help them. It's kind of weird, though, because you really don't – it's kind of select few per- – you know what I mean? You have to be a really good person. You know what I mean? You have to be a really strong person, I guess. That's basically what medicine men are. They're there to help you, but they are in themselves good people, so they are able to do more. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's really hard to, for me to explain because it's hard to translate over. But, yeah, so they would help those spirits, and those, in fact – those spirits would in turn help them or if you were to pray and pray for spirits help you know they would in turn come help you you know what i mean yeah so so the so the the um the native uh medicine men the the ones who are you know dealing with the uh the veil between the spirit world and our world they would be the ones communicating with these creatures uh like the bigfoot or the wild man and they would they would basically be a mediator between those is that right Kind of, but Bigfoot is, is, a, is a thing all in its own. So, like, he's completely autonomous. He can move back and forth as he needs to because he's been given that power, right? Yeah. Uh, Miss Men would be more like, gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, just spirits that, hmm, it's really hard to explain. So he would be more like if there was a, a spirit on this, on, on, that, on this other side that, you know, was, really trying to help you out but you couldn't understand he would be the one to be like okay this is the deal you know what i mean or you know sometimes he even has a friend who's on the other side who's like okay he tells him what to do and then he would be the one to tell you well you know bigfoot is really trying to you know what i mean not that bigfoot talk to him but this other side thing can talk to him be like you know my boy bigfoot over here is trying to tell you stop messing up you feel me yeah, so so the Bigfoot would be you know going about his life, and then the the uh, the medicine man would actually just kind of translate what's happening into a way that the 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 common person would be able to understand. Is that right? Yeah, kind of, kind of. But there would still be another mediator between that. You know what I mean? Oh wow! Because like I said, if you happen to see a Bigfoot, then there's something big happening. You feel me? Yeah. Um, you're messing up somehow, or or even sometimes, like I said, I'm not. I'm not saying they all they only come around during bad times because I but there'll still be a mediator between Bigfoot and the medicine man. So that mediator is the one who tells the medicine man, look, Bigfoot's trying to tell you this. Which is how my understanding of it of it works. Mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard some stories about Bigfoot um recently about how Bigfoot may be uh, extraterrestrial in some way. So this actually kind of goes along with that about how he, he's not exactly corporeal in, in this world, but he somehow slips in between worlds. You know, I've heard a lot of the same things. I've actually, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was sitting around talking to some guys, and they were saying that 
Okay, so if you take it scientifically, there are black wormholes that would appear, right? Yeah. And sometimes people put things travel through that, and he would be the guard of that gate, right? So that way you don't slip into something you're not supposed to be into. He's there to scare you away from that gate. Mm-hmm. And then once that gate's gone, he's gone with it. Wow. Have you heard about— and I've heard that spread around several times. I mean, that's not just one time I heard of that. I've heard it several times. That's what other people believe about it. And it sounds pretty, I mean, it would sound pretty, because you don't, you can't ever catch them, really. You know what I mean? So it sounds pretty reasonable to me. Have you, by any chance, heard of anyone speaking about um, different kinds of, I've I've heard about how Bigfoot builds different structures in the woods um, to to show people that they've been there, Um, well, one way or another, but um, I've heard about like tree branches stacked up into kind of like a like a like a triangle or or something of that nature. Have you ever ran into any of uh, of that kind of a thing? I've, I've never myself, but I've heard stories of the same thing. Um, a lot of times, those rocks that are stacked up in groups. Sometimes I've heard that that's them, you know, marking off. This is this is this is where you're not supposed to cross. You know, things like that. Um, I, like I said, I've never seen it myself, but I've had, I have heard a lot that people have seen these kind of things, you know, things in the woods that are unnatural, but they look like they've been placed in such a way. But I've heard not just triangles, too, the stacks of rocks, like I said, um, birds, things like that, a shape of a bird. Oh, wow. Wait. Yeah. So they've made, they've made effigies in the shapes of birds and things uh, like that, and it's, it's uh, supposedly attributed to the Bigfoot? That's what they say. Um, I can't verify it because I've never seen it, but I've heard that. You know what I mean? But it's it's not it's not there to like being. It's there. It's there just so you know it's not natural. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're, honestly, one of the easiest thing to build would be a bird. Think about the triangle, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's basically if you look at a stick figure drawing, the basic shape of a bird. They have a triangle, and then they have two lines that come out for wings, and then the head. So, um, so as as far as Bigfoot goes, have you he- ever heard of any other creatures uh, traipsing around the woods or, or any kind of caves or anything like that? <laughs> I've heard a lot of things like that. Like we have this thing in our our culture called uh, called skinwalkers or shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where you go, uh, they're either bad or they can be good. Um, a lot of the older stories talking about some of them being a little of both. Because, honestly, if you look at the world, there's always got to be a little of both in everything. If you go down south to the Navajos, they're witches. They're all bad. They're there to kill you, you know, mm-hmm. maim you, do bad things. Um, but I've also heard stories up north where these shapeshifters aren't all bad. Sometimes they they can help you or whatever. And they are said to live up there in the caves and stuff like that or go run around. You definitely don't talk about them in dark usually um Mm -hmm. it's like you don't whistle at night because it'll bring those kind of spirits to you that's how they find you if you whistle at dark um a lot of things like that really so there's a lot of uh oral traditions and a lot of traditions that that speak about how these spirits can accidentally come to you if you if you just do the wrong thing such as like uh, whistling, different things like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's really a lot of just things that you would never even think of in a normal daily life. Like I said, whistling mm-hmm. at dark, you don't do that. Especially up north, I'll tell you, um, I used to live with uh, the Tulalip and Sonoma people, and they would tell you not to whistle at dark because of the stick men. And the story behind the stick men was they were a tribe that had, uh, that hadn't stocked really well for winter, and they started starving and turned cannibalistic. And then they would go out and find other tribes, and they would attack them by hearing somebody whistle. They would, that's how they would find these other tribes and attack their camp. They'd hear somebody whistling at night and attack them. So these and that was a big thing up there. Like, like up there, if you whistled up dark up there, like you would immediately be like almost shunned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like chastised as like some, a danger to the community, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a hard one to learn for me because, you know, 
I, during the day when I'm working, something whistling, you know, humming, singing, whatever I'm doing, mm-hmm. and up there, even at sunset, you don't, you don't even get close to doing that. So as soon as twilight time comes, it's just uh, mouths lock it down. Tight. Yeah, mouths off. Yeah, yeah. That's like if you're sitting in your house, uh, and this is this is I've heard in most places, um, you keep the windows covered because one day you'll look out and something will be looking back, at you, which is basically just a warning of keep your windows shut and everything so that way nothing on the other side can see into your window to you mm-hmm. actually you know what i'm saying like you don't go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you oh no you're fine i was actually going to say something uh in regards to that we actually have i've got some friends who live here in ohio and they were telling me about how out at their house and they live kind of we, we live out in the sticks a little bit so they were telling me about how um they live down this pretty long drive and then you get to their their land and they have a few acres out there and they were talking about how um one night one of their sons had one of the windows open and saw a human a humanoid creature knocking at the window and so the son like freaks out of course he goes and tells everybody and they basically don't use that room anymore they keep all the windows closed at night and they also have different uh, animal totems outside now to try to keep these spirits away because um you know these these people are convinced that that it has something to do with with that with uh, native lore about how you know these things if you keep your windows open at night they can come and they can basically you know harass you in different ways Right. It sounds very familiar. Right. And, and and when that kind of thing happens, you know, what would you do, honestly? I mean, me personally, as a man, I, I would immediately smoke the house off with sage and stuff, eat her in that. Um, and just, just I mean, yeah, honestly, me, I would just smoke it out. Just smoke it up, get it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah, just keep your curtains drawn. Because if your curtains are drawn, then, I don't know, story say, you know, you're a little safer. Yeah, that way you can't see it. I don't know, man. I'd like to tell you that, honestly, just from thinking about it myself, like I've never had anybody tell me this, but so you ever heard, heard that thing, the more you look at it, the more it looks back, or the more you look into the abyss, the more it looks back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of sure. feels like that rings true with a lot of these things. You know, the more you go looking for these things or the more you try to find these things, the more they're going to pay attention to um, Bigfoot, the uh, – all the witches and stuff, the skinwalkers. That's why you don't talk about it dark after dark or whatever, because that's when they're out and they know when you're trying to find them, they're definitely going to come and try to find you. They're all troublemakers. They don't, you know, tricksters, whatever. You don't want no part of that, but the more you try to find it, the more they want to find you because you're just something to focus on. Same thing with spirits. The more, the more you try to find them, the more they will try to find you. Yeah, and that, that kind of reminds I me have, of, um, you know, Seth. Seth isn't here today, but... Seth is kind of uh, addicted to the show Hellier. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but uh, the show. I have not. Oh man, I definitely recommend it. It's a. It's a. Well, you can watch it for free on YouTube. Uh, it's called Hellier, and it's about these people from Cincinnati who have a traveling paranormal museum, and they get emails about these um, creatures in Kentucky, who. Um, they they basically are like goblins, and these these people keep reporting them, and so they go and they try to investigate these goblins, and uh, you know there there's just a lot of mayhem that results from that. But you know there's a lot of stuff in the world that people don't quite understand. A lot of things in the world that we don't have a lot of uh, explanations for, and I think this is definitely one of the uh, the genres of things that definitely qualifies as that. Well, definitely. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you know, the world, there's not, you know, people don't believe in this magic kind of thing or not. But if you really look at, like, magic, what is magic? Isn't it just energy being put forth? Yeah. So energy, according to Einstein, energy can't be destroyed. It just transforms from one way to another. How do you know that you're just not putting out that energy into something else? You know, I mean, how can you disbelieve it when it's so obviously put forth in science? Um, science makes me believe in my religion more every day. Every time I think about it, it makes me believe a little more. Not in the fact that I have to believe that there's angels and demons in hell and that, because I don't believe in that, but I do believe that there's some things you just cannot quantify, like spirits and things like that. How do you know that you as a person 
don't step outside your body and then your energy. So now what do you do? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You go to this other side, you do whatever. People call it heaven, hell. We call it, you know, we really don't even have a good name for it that I know of because I've heard so many different things, but we know it's there. Once again, it's just another part of the great mystery. Um, you know, talk about these little people or the Kentucky goblins. It sounds like it could be the work of little people. You know, they're there mm-hmm. to just mess with you, but how do you know they can't kind of shift in and out? You know what I mean? We know there's other dimensions. How do you know they can't just kind of side shift a little bit? Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Phase in and do out. Do whatever they got to do. That's what a lot of people think that the Bigfoot is. You know, they think that he's some kind of an interdimensional, extraterrestrial who is um, capable of shifting in between realities to uh, to be basically um, hide himself. You know, I saw a video a while back, and it was a, I think it was last week I saw a video where there was a Bigfoot, and some people got a really good shot of him, and they were they were filming him, but it looked like he was shifting in and out of reality as he was going down this tree line, and so they they right. kind of kind of said that that is kind of an indication that he is able to, to shift or phase from one dimension to another dimension. You know, there's a, there's a place. I have a friend who's Kachua from South America, and he was telling me about this thing. It's, it's a Stargate, but they have another word for it. It's the Stargate. And it's down in on the west coast of South America somewhere, and it's basically just like a square cut into the rock, almost looks like it was cut by a laser. And they said it used to, that how things used to come in and out of there, Right. So mm-hmm. um, I heard a story about these people walking around that area, and they kind of walked into this place. They said it felt really weird, like you could feel the electrical in the air. They said they were walking near somewhere else in the woods somewhere, and somebody walked in. They walked into this, like, area, man, and I can't even explain it the way they could, but they walked into it, and they seen this, like, whole other thing that wasn't there before, like houses and stuff, and they started to step back and all of a sudden this, this lady's whole right side of her body that went through this area was just paralyzed. Like it was just done. And then they couldn't see it anymore. You know what I'm saying? So how do you know they didn't just walk into one of those gates? Like maybe the big was supposed to be guarding. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it's really crazy. I mean, like I said, all this stuff, like as far as I understand science, it's totally possible. You just, we just don't know how to do it yet. So how do you know they on that side or in that dimension or whatever, what have you, don't know how to do it? You know, how do you know they don't know they can do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, they say that there's no uh, distinction between the supernatural and a, a sophisticatedly uh, high enough, uh, you know, technology. So who who knows what it could be or, you know, the capabilities that are that are making that happen? That's just kind of up for speculation, but the fact that there's so many people who are reporting the same kinds of things is just kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's, it's crazy that it doesn't get put out there a little more. I mean, you should always listen to somebody's experiences. Cause I will, some people embellish a lot. Some people, you know, stretch that truth. I'm with it. Some people like the attention, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are really just trying to tell you, look, this is what I've seen. Why, don't, why can't you just believe that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these people who see spirits or stuff like that, you know what I mean? Obviously, they're there, at least in my mind. You know what I mean? So I listen to every story that I can, you know, because those experiences make up just more knowledge of what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Like this person, if they see a malevolent, you know, okay, not all spirits are bad, not all spirits are good. Some of them have a little worse intent than others. So you, so in my mind, somebody's telling me, oh, yeah, I was in this house. You know, really bad spirit come in. You know, they were attacking me or whatever. You know, in my mind, that either you're doing something bad or I just don't want to go there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you can't fix that. Sometimes you can't fix that. You know, like I said, you know, you can go smoke your house off with you know, like sage and cedar and stuff like that, or you can just leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just evacuate self. That's uh, that's sometimes the only thing that is, is capable of making it stop. Right. And there's a lot of places like that in the world where, you know, like you were talking about skinwalkers, you know, of course the skinwalker ranch is the first place that I think of where there was Man. just a super concentrated uh, amount of, of um, just reports in the area of all of these different creatures and different uh, 
events and experiences that folks have had around places that are they're highly concentrated with these spirits. See, and I really think that's like a – see, I have done a lot of reading on that and a lot, a lot of listening of other podcasts um, where they talk about that. And I don't think that's more our skinwalkers. I think that's just a thin place. You know, you know what I'm saying by a thin place? Yeah. Like, it's just a, a thin place between our place and theirs. Like on one the, – the main story that I've heard is the one about the giant uh, dire wolf that dude shot through the neck like three times. Oh, Really? Like, that is a huge thing. And I don't disbelieve them in any way because why would, you know, why would you? That's just, we know there's wolves. We know that thing existed at one point. You know, maybe it just flipped on the other side and that's a place where it can come through. You know what I'm saying? All those things from the other side can come through in that one thin place. Yeah, and I mean, a dire wolf isn't that hard to believe exists. You know, it's it's a dog. It's huge. And there's there's evidence for those things existing in the past. Who right, knows? and they say there's a lot of uh, they say there's a lot of UFO activity and stuff out there, and that's another thing. You know, if I I'm gonna tell you, I truly believe in aliens, 100. percent Okay. Because mathematically, they have to exist. Have. Mm-hmm. Now, do they always come here or not? I can't be the one to tell you that because I'm not really sure. But if they did, why would they not visit that place, which I like I said, I believe is a thin spot, to study it? Wouldn't that be exactly what we would do? I mean, if you had the chance, Donnie, think about it. If you had the chance, would you not go down there and be spend a couple of days just checking it out? Of course. Because you, you have to know about your surroundings, and, and especially if there's a – if I was a sufficiently advanced technology or, you know, a spiritual being and I had, um, you know, noticed a place that was a little thinner in the veil than other places, you know, of course that would be something that I would gravitate towards. So I believe that, you know, if, if somebody else was in that position, that they would probably do the same. Definitely. I mean, and, and you know, you hear all these stories about there are other thin places here on Earth, and, I, you know, they talk about the Bermuda Triangle a lot. And then there's one up in, uh, what is it, New Jersey, I think. There's a place up there that's another triangle that, that I can't remember the name of it right now. I really wish I had the ability to look it up. But, uh there's another place up in, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's New Jersey, the Pine Barrens, um, that have a lot of activity, man. And I don't think that's anything to do with necessarily us natives, as it is just, it's a thin spot. Mm-hmm. Things can come through, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of stories about, um, like in Kentucky and Ohio, where there are, uh, you know, underground cave systems where these things might live as well. So, you know, a lot of yeah. people believe that, you know, these are. Creatures who live down deep inside the earth, inside the caves, and they may they may even travel from one place to another using those cave systems. Right, and that, you said something about that earlier. I was going to comment on, uh, like, Missouri, Arkansas, and I'm sure I've, no, I, I've never been to Ohio, so I can't tell you sure about I me. Mean, this place is littered with caves that we haven't even mapped out yet. I have a really good friend who's a cave explorer, still exploring caves that nobody's seen yet. And she tells me about it. She gets down there, she maps it out, you know, whatever. I mean, if you if you know you can't find all these caves, then how do you know things aren't down there? And they're just giving you the slip because they can see the light coming whenever you're coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would be not hard to do that at all. No, and especially with a cave system sufficiently big enough, I mean, they they would potentially, you know, if you grew up in a cave system like that, you would know where all the ins and outs are. You would know, you know, how to travel from one place to another, and it would just be kind of your your – natural way of being so it wouldn't even be that that bizarre for something like that who grew up in that kind of a system to be able to come back through and and just travel you know as they go you know that's what the um that's what a lot of people believe about those the goblins is that they travel through cave systems and and uh, that's a, a big a big note on the hellier podcast or the hellier show is that you know they think that those things are, are maybe somehow traveling through the caves and that definitely could be. Um, I heard some Cheyenne people talking one time. They were talking about little people, like I was telling you, and they were saying they they had found some in a cave, and that's and the little people I told them don't come back here because we're staying. So the people left and never came back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, they don't want nothing to do with that. But you know, if these things tell you, hey, don't come here, and, and they're in that cave, you have to automatically assume that anything else that cave links to is part of their area. You don't want no piece of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if the cave system. I've also heard the same thing about. 
Oh, yeah, and I've also heard the same thing about Bigfoot. You know, I've heard a lot of people on other, you know, other explorers, Bigfoot hunters, whatever, say that they believe that Bigfoot lives in caves and, you know, they have their families and down and stuff down there, and that's why you can't find any other skeletons or anything mm-hmm. is because they're all in these caves. And if they're, if they're intelligent enough, then why wouldn't they bury their dead just like we do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I they actually... wouldn't just leave them out for us to find. Have you ever heard of Lloyd Pye? No. Lloyd Pye was a um... – it wasn't really a paranormal investigator, but he, he studied a lot of the uh, supernatural claims about Bigfoot and actually just the regular claims about Bigfoot. And Lloyd Pye has a video out, and you can watch it. It's on YouTube. It's called uh, Everything You Know Is Wrong. And he talks about how these Bigfoot, uh, they actually survive in these uh, zones uh, in the woods where basically where the Bigfoot can live, but for some reason, um, well, actually, it's, it's a pretty obvious reason if you know how fossils are formed. Uh, basically, Bigfoot lives in places where fossils don't form. So, you know, they live in the woods, they live in forests, so that their, their bodies, whenever they die, you know, the, the beetles and the different animals, they take care of the body, and then the bones are actually just decomposed like normal. And um, the reason there's no Bigfoot skeletons found is just because that they naturally decompose uh, where you know if you if you need a um, sufficient place for a fossil to form you know you kind of have to have a really specific um, specific course of events as far as uh, nature goes and the way that the land lays and the way that you know water is present and, and these different things so a lot of folks believe that Bigfoot, the reason that we haven't found any evidence for Bigfoot is just because that they've just been decomposing and there's just so few of them out there that we just haven't come across that yet. Oh, and that would make 100% sense. Um, if you ever, have you ever been to Michigan? I haven't, but I'm not too far away. Uh, well, Michigan has these places up there where it's all birch trees, and some of them grow so close together. You really can't take anything and go, but just go by foot. And it's really hard. You know what I'm saying? So there's yeah. no saying they couldn't be in there living, you know, have their own little space just past that ring or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you would never find anything in there because they have the bugs and the whatever to decompose them very quickly. Yeah. I've heard stories about people uh, coming in contact with Bigfoot and being abducted by Bigfoot and living in sort of like a, um, like a, a captive sort of a, a system where – Maybe there was like a sinkhole, and the person yeah. was placed inside of there in sort of like a, a natural corral or a pen, and um, people living in there for you know weeks uh, under the care of Bigfoot. Wow! So that's I've never heard of that, but that would be definitely interesting to hear. I'd love to hear. Yeah, there's podcasts out there about it. I don't have all the details offhand, but I would definitely look into it if that's something you're interested in for sure. Definitely. Definitely, because I think that's really interesting. I've, I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's not it's not there. I'm just saying, like, I personally have never heard that, and I would, I would like to. Because, you know, that's just another little bit of knowledge that I could pick up, see if it kind of compares to what I've heard. So we've covered Bigfoot. We talked about the Skinwalkers a little bit. Are there any other sort of native um, folktales about these different creatures that, you know, in our Western society in which we're forced to live, um, we just don't hear about very much. Uh, well, I mean, there's one other thing that I could tell you about that, like, wouldn't cross any bounds. They're yeah. the they're puka. Yes. Um, if you've ever heard of those, mm-hmm. those are a big thing for us. Um, and I forget the actual name we had for them, but... Yeah, definitely. We had we had a, a type of puka here that I've heard several several different things about about how you know, and they you know you don't you have to leave food offerings and such for them. And um, I don't know if you guys hear much about that or not. So puka, as far as I understand it, puka are kind of like what um, what other people might call tulpas or or mind creatures, right? And so puka are things yeah, that people like believe in that enough belief goes into them that they become real creatures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know what, man? I got to say this as well. A lot of these things, 
I truly believe that what you believe will make it real, right? So if enough people believe in a certain thing, then the universe puts it out there because you want it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you, you, if you truly believe that you will see a Bigfoot and there are enough people in your group, obviously there has to be a, few, a several. But if you, if you believe there's a Bigfoot out there and you believe you'll see it, somebody's going to see it. You know what I'm saying? That's not, and I don't believe that's a trick of your mind. I mean, literally, that's why we pray. Because if enough pray, people are praying on the same thing, then it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the great mystery is that you're praying for this to happen. Everybody's focused on this one thing. So it's going to happen. It's like, you know, this, this Corona thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right now, a lot of the tribes have put out a thing, you know, we need everybody praying that this goes away because we truly believe that if enough people pray that it's going to go away, then it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would even expound on that to say that it might even be more, uh, useful to say that not only are we going to pray that this goes away, but we're going to pray for a life without this because, you know, uh, with things like puka, with things like, you know, thought forms, it, it really is very directed on how you believe it uh, and the kind of language that you use to believe it. So if you uh, say, you know, like, for example, and this is totally unrelated, if you say, you know, I really wish that I had, you know, X, Y, or Z, if you're always saying, I really wish I had those things, you'll probably never have those things. But if you if you really wish and you put out into the universe that, you know, you already have these things or these things are real already, that, you know, if enough people believe in that, they can become real through through the process of belief. Definitely. And I, I 100% believe in that. 100%. I mean, so if you look back in the days of, of before technology and all this stuff, you had gatherings of people that would be focused on the same thing and 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 you know it would happen so like if you go back far enough to where before we had you you know the european countries or whatever or even here um they would have they have ceremonies and things where all everybody gather and think about the same thing you would all pray that this was going to happen and nine times out of ten if you look at the record it did happen mm-hmm. but, I, but you know that's that goes on another thing like so Every religion I've ever heard of has a story about the flood, right? Yeah. We have the same. We have a story in our culture about the flood as well. Um, that it happened because people were being wasteful. You know, they're they're picking at the root so nothing could grow back. You know, things like that. Yeah. And um. And at the end, there was one woman left on a hill, and she had her baby, and there was nobody left. And uh, the creator sent an eagle in there to keep her company, right? Well, this eagle would fly out, bring fish, come back, whatever. And she started praying that she, she, she had another man, you know, she had a family, you know, somebody to keep her company. So this eagle flew away this last time and didn't come back for months because, he, you know, he was trying to take care of things. And uh, the creator came to that eagle and asked, you know, this woman's praying for this. Would you do it? And he, the eagle said, yeah, I'll do it. So he came back and became a man for her to have a family. Now, if there's nobody else left and you're the only person praying and what you pray for happens, then that's just, to me, in my mind, proof that, you know, that what's going to happen has happened. So, like, if you were you were having a really hard time and you're praying, man, I really wish I had this money. I need this money. I'll do whatever I got to do to get it. And then all of a sudden you have an opportunity to get that money. You just proved it right there. Yeah. You, am I making sense? Oh yeah, life will life will present you with the opportunities to obtain the thing that you wish. Uh there's a, a lot of people out there who actually, you know, a lot of people in the new thought movement especially who think that, you know, if you believe in something to the the correct degree that that thing will come to pass or at least you will have the opportunity to be able to, to make that happen. And I think it's really great because, you know, I, I've seen, even in my own life, you know, I've seen opportunities where if I took the choice of making one decision over another, you know, my life could have gone on completely different paths. And I think we're always presented with these uh, these times, these emotions, these these opportunities to be able to, to kind of press on into areas in our life where could, where you know, these opportunities can make our life better or these opportunities could, you know, make our lives the same or even decay our sense of self. So 
that definitely makes a lot of sense to me. You're right, and I absolutely, I, I, I'm along with you on that because I mean, it, it, where I come from in my culture, there, there's a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. Like even there's a reason me and you met or are talking now, even if it's just for somebody else to hear what we're talking about it and make them think about it. There's a reason why we're talking, and you just have to be, you have to try and be aware of that when the time comes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if Bigfoot's real or if Bigfoot's not real or if any of these skinwalkers are real or if they're not real. Real is actually kind of a, a, a subjective sort of a thing because your experience with these um, with these archetypes, with these thought forms, is really what defines your experience in life. So it's a little bit different than, you know, going out and, you know, seeing somebody on the street and waving hi to them and believing that they exist, you know. There's some things in life where you just have to – I don't want to say that you have to believe first, but there are things where you have to be willing to be open to the uh, perception of them, if that makes any sense. Right. Right, it does, and, and I completely agree with you there, 100%. And, and once you start opening yourself up to the first couple things and looking back, you will literally see how it, how it almost had a domino effect from there. You know what I mean? Things may not always make sense right now, but if you give it a little bit and think back on it, you're like, man, that is why that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, life. I had a car break down on me a while back, and uh, it was during that last big snow here. Um, and I was about to go out to Colorado. We'll come, we'll come find out. If my car hadn't broke down and I would have went on that trip, me and my wife, we would have been involved in a huge wreck, or at least come by a huge wreck that had happened on the highway out in Kansas. Oh, wow. Like, Tell me more and about that. And there's no telling. Well, I mean, it literally was, like, just as I said, man, our car just, man, it just started acting funny, and I couldn't get it to go right, so I decided to not, not make this trip. Well, they had a big snow here, and it was out in Kansas, and in Colorado, they had, like, three foot of snow, like, in one night. It was insane. My brother was telling me about it. And uh, so I started to stay home that weekend instead of going out to see him, and he called me on Sunday and was like, man, did you hear what happened in Kansas? I was like, no. He's like, there was a 15-car pileup out there. Oh, wow. Right on the highway I would have taken. And I'm, I can't tell you for sure if I would have been there at that time or, or you know, if, you know, I would have just drove by it or whatever. But the thing is, I didn't have to be there and be part of that because my car was messing up. I got my car fixed pretty easily. It was something stupid, like a, like a, like a, a fuse or something. You know what I mean? Something small wow. and stupid. But if I hadn't had those problems, I would have went there. I would either been in it or I would have drove by it. You know, I would have been stuck in the snow. It would have been a it would have been a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's something recently that's happened to you then. Yeah, this is like just this last winter. Wow. So Cause I go out to Colorado and all the time, and I see my well about three or four times a year is how much we try to go out there to see my brother. You know, he's my last living brother out there. And uh, I go out there, I hike in the mountains, and I have a good time. Um, and just this one time, I wasn't able to make the trip. And I really believe that. I really, truly believe that was the You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, or like, uh, I understand 100%. I was like, I was like $50 short of my rent because I had to take off a day because my mom went to the hospital. And I called my landlord. landlord said, there's nothing I can do. You're either going to pay this or you're going to pay an extra $100 in late fees, whatever. And so I like I really prayed for it hard to have an opportunity to get some money somehow get some money, and the next day this guy calls me from my job. He's like, hey, I got a little side job. You'll make 150 bucks today if you can come help me right now. And I just happened to be free. I ran out there, got the job done, paid my rent on time, and still had a little money over to save. And I truly believe that was because I prayed, homie. I prayed hard for that to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just one of those situations where it just happened to happen at just the right time. I, I don't know if I believe in the kind of prayer that, that, you know, the Western Christianity subscribes to where you just ask God for something and he's kind of like a genie and he just kind of uh, gives it to you if he feels like it. Uh, what, what do people say? They say that God says either yes, no, or wait. Uh, I, I don't really yeah. typically believe in that, um, but I do believe in a kind of prayer where um, you, you just ask to be open to um, the solutions. So, you know, whenever mm-hmm. you do have prayers like that, whenever you open yourself up for um, 
you know, the, the possibilities for the solutions to come in, I, I believe I really wholeheartedly that, that things will show themselves where you normally wouldn't have thought. And um, you, can, you can do a whole lot in life just by opening yourself up like that. I 100% I'm, – I'm with you on that. I don't believe in that kind of Christmas tree either because I don't think anything comes for free. Um, I really don't. And I believe that the opportunities can show themselves. And if you're willing to put in the work, then the universe is going to help you out. You know, sometimes it's as easy as just sitting down and, and thinking about it for a little while. And sometimes it's as hard as going out and putting in the sweat and muscle to get it done. But it will help you out if you're willing to put in the work that you ask for. You know, if you ask for it, it may not come the way you want it, but if you're willing to put in that work, then it's going to happen. Yeah, and it really has to do with being willing to put in the work because if you're not willing to put in the work, you know, it's kind of a barometer for whether you really want the thing or not, you know? Right. Right, that is 100% true. I mean, are you, are, are you just asking for it because of want or do you need it? And if you need it, you're always willing to put in the work for it. Yeah. And this is that. Now, I'm not saying that it, sometimes bad things happen, and there's no 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 reason for it. You know what I mean? There's nothing mm-hmm. you could ever reason why bad things happen. You know, cancer and things like that. You just you don't have an answer. Nobody. I I don't think anybody really has an answer for it. At least I don't. But you know, there are a lot of times where there is an answer for it, and you know, sometimes it's a decision you made before that has led to this, and sometimes. It can be fixed. You you just have to be willing. It's a test to see. So I truly believe that it will be a test to see if, the, you know, this happens because something later on down the road is going to be a little bit worse, and you have to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's kind of what Sundance is about. You know what I mean? I don't know if you know much about Sundance, and I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot because you have to be there to 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 really get it. You know what I mean? It's one of those experiences that you have to be there to get it. Yeah. But the, for, the for way the... I understand it is oh, – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say for the people who don't – under and, and I've got a, a small little like smidgen of information about what Sundance is. But for myself and everybody who's listening who might be interested in knowing what Sundance is, uh, could you describe exactly what happens there and what the, the ceremony actually is? So so I'll, I'll give you a little bit. Um, just as much as I feel like I can without yeah. going overboard. Uh, basically what it is is, like, it's people who get together. So my understanding is there's a finite amount of suffering in the world, right? Yeah. There's only so much out there. And and they're the people who are the Sundances get together and take it a little more on themselves. So other people don't have to feel it as much. So, like, you go, you go four days without eating or drinking. You know what I mean? And that's to mm-hmm. suffer for people – who, who normally would have to suffer on other things, and you dance all day. So a man explained it to me. He said, you know, whenever your legs are getting tired, that's because your prayers are working, and somebody else just got up and walked. They don't have to feel that pain anymore. Mm-hmm. When your arms are getting tired, it's because, you know, somebody else was just able to use their arms a little better. Their, their arm worked better, their shoulder stopped hurting, their elbows, whatever it is. They did better because you took it and your prayers are working. That's a beautiful now, thing. Now, I mean, it is, man. It really is. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And like I said, I'm not, I don't want to go too far into it, but it really is one of those things where, you know, you have to really want to help people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to really and, – and, and it's it's not there for bragging rights. You should never be bragging about it. It's a humble thing. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it, you, you know, yeah. basically – you know, and I don't want to man. I don't want to colonialize too much or anything like that. But I think that a lot of people can see the obvious uh, similarities between you know the the story of Christ and you know I, I don't necessarily believe in the Bible or anything like that. But I think that you know the story of you know somebody taking on the suffering for others, um, you know that's definitely. Uh, it sounds like that thought is definitely kept alive uh, in, in something like that, and it does make a lot of sense. Uh, that you you would take on you know like your legs not working as well you know you just remind yourself that other people have it worse than that. Right, right, and you know, and I've heard it compared to the Jesus story a lot. You know, I don't believe in the Bible either. I think it's a good collection of stories, 
But that to me, that's all it is in stories. And I, I don't put down anybody who believes in that because I was also told that another by an old man who said, you know, God talks to every man the way he'll 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 understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And by man, I mean you know woman too. But God talks to every man or woman the way he understands. So some people need that Christianity. Some people need those rules. Some people need just spirituality. They don't need the rules to say, hey, don't go punch that person in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They don't need those rules, but some people do. And if that's how God talks to you, then you should definitely follow that. I won't put down Christianity, but I, just, I don't believe in it. You know, like you said, I just mm-hmm. don't feel like it's my, my way. But you're definitely right. I've heard it compared to Christ a lot um, in that same way that we take on suffering of other people. But, you know, it's, 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 it really is a beautiful thing, Donnie. If, if you ever get a chance, it's the, you have to be invited. So if somebody ever invites you, at least as far as I understand, if somebody ever invites you, go just go watch. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. to see it really is yeah and i've ho- i've heard stories from it where you know there's um you know sarah told me quite a bit um you know about her experience and um, you know definitely not 100 percent of everything but she told me about how you know the the culture is there at, at a sundance and um just the way that you know everybody kind of respects what it is and, um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody takes it completely seriously. It's not a festival. I, I've seen a lot of things in the past few, you know, three years or so where there's a lot of a lot of folks going to these native ceremonies and they're just treating it like it's some kind of like like Coachella or something like that. And this is definitely not something uh, that would that you would want to do that with because it, it's just not going to work out very well for you there. Right. And, and you know, and like I said, I- that's why I said earlier, I don't want to talk a whole lot about it because people get the wrong understanding of what it is. You know what I mean? But I do believe people should, should know to a certain point because that, that kills any misunderstanding. I've had a lot of people be like, well, you know, get really mad at me for explaining what it is on one hand because I shouldn't be telling people. But on the other hand, they get mad. You know, the other side would get mad because they don't think that what I'm doing is right as far as Sundance. Yeah. And if you go to a Sundance and you act crazy like that, I mean, I've seen it make people really sick. Like, you know, to a real one. But I've also seen people, like, run them that shouldn't be, yeah. and they will get really sick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, that's just, I believe that's the Spirit's way of telling you, you're messing up, and you need to quit, because it's not somebody you played around with. Yeah, you I was just going to say, it sounds like whenever a you're try, Whenever you're trying to take, yeah, I mean, whenever you're trying to help somebody, and somebody's there making fun of you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, wouldn't that obviously piss you and the person you're trying to help off? You know, I don't mean to cuss. I'm sorry. It would no, make the person you, you mad. Can, you know you can I mean? fucking cuss all you want. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 anybody could understand that 100%. You know what I mean? And that's why I think – and a lot of people show up who, who have the wrong idea. And I, I, that's another thing why I do what I do is because, you know, I want people to understand that, you know, this is not at all what you think it is. On TV, they make it seem like some big hooting and hollering thing. It's nothing like that at all. Hmm. You really are going there with the idea to help somebody, or you shouldn't be going at all. Yeah, and that kind of brings us full circle to the to the Bigfoot thing or the wild man thing, where you know his whole point is to make sure that you respect the forest, make sure that you respect the animals of the forest, and you don't take uh, advantage of those. And you know, it sounds like it's kind of the same philosophy. In a lot of ways, you know, you just have to have a lot of respect and you have to, um, you know, if you don't have a lot of respect, then negative things can happen to you. Definitely. I mean, 100%. 100%. You know, a lot of people get the wrong idea about what a warrior is, but at least in our culture. And uh, I would definitely see him as a warrior because in our culture, a warrior isn't somebody who takes life. It's somebody who saves life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is a huge difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. B- back in the day, you weren't seen as a man by how much you had around you. It was how much you gave away and how much you were willing to help some people out. That's how you were marked as a man. I think, And I, I truly wish we could go back to those kind of thoughts. Even now, like, I mean, you don't have to make yourself poor and hungry. But if you have enough that you can hand this other guy five bucks to get himself something to eat, you know. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I believe that there's a difference between um, – giving and self-sacrifice and in our society we the way that we're kind of trained um sort of blurs the line between that you know like me myself personally in my own personal life like i've had instances wherever i've you know when i was younger uh, 
thought that self-sacrificing in various ways, um, or even, you know, today or, you know, whenever, um, you know, if you self-sacrifice in certain ways, you, you assume that you're doing good by other people. And that's not necessarily true. Really, just doing the best good that you can is the best contribution you can give. 100%. 100%. Some people take it way too far, you know, and put themselves in a hole, which, you know, if you can't help yourself, how are you going to help somebody else? Yeah. You have to make sure, you know, you definitely have to make sure you're taking care of your people. But on the other hand of that, you know, man, they used to tell me that if you help them, they'll help you. And mm-hmm. that is the truest thing you'll ever hear. You know, you may not see it consciously, and some people won't, but a lot of people will. The more you help them, the more in turn they help you in what ways they can. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been going um, – I could I could honestly just keep talking to you all night. We've been going a little <laughs> bit over an hour now. Uh, I, Man, thank you so much for, for joining us here on the podcast and – and talking about you know the wild man and different different things, skinwalkers. We've actually covered quite a bit of ground just in this one hour that we've had. Um, so, man, I would love to have you back, uh, especially when Seth's back. I'm sure he has a lot of questions for you, and you know, especially even after he listens to this, he's probably gonna gonna have a lot of questions he'll ask me. So, uh, we'd love to have you back sometime. Um, definitely, for sure. Uh, are you definitely? Are you? I'll be I'll be welcome. I'll be more than excited to come back awesome well thank you so much and uh just just a quick note um this week we did not get to uh leanne avalon published author of metaphysics and hermetic symbolism uh with a doctorate in metaphysics and a degree in audio engineering she was actually going to talk to us about pterosaurs and different kinds of uh dinosaur sightings so she'll be able to talk about us uh talk with us about that next week i hope and this week, thank you so much for joining us, Corey Badhorse, uh, talking about Bigfoot uh, or the Wild Man, uh, Skinwalkers, and other Native folklore. It's been a, a really good episode. I appreciate it, man. Man, I appreciate it. And I'm excited to hear about the pterosaur. I am <laughs> yeah, super excited about that. And uh, I hope to talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Opco Paranormal Podcast. This is Donnie. I am minus Seth this week, but he'll be back next week, and we will be talking about more uh, interesting scenarios, including dinosaurs. And also, uh, I'm going to try to get Randy Edwards back for next week, talking about the haunted, multiple haunted houses that she has lived in. Um, again, this is the Opco Paranormal Podcast. You guys can join us each week at... Uh, well, 10, 9 central, Saturdays, uh, right here on the Opco Discord server. Thank you so much, Corey, for joining us this week. I will talk to you sometime soon, and everybody out there, um, you know, treat the woods with the utmost respect, or you might see a a Bigfoot face-to-face. I wouldn't challenge it. (laughs) All right, thank you so much.